welcome to Scottish Independence Podcast. While the mainstream media scream headlines about the SNP, whether or not the party is close to collapse or is bankrupt, whether this means the end of the Yes movement, while all the, the allegations and speculation from the usual suspects in the mainstream media rage above our heads, we thought we'd take a look at one of the groups who was very active and played a very important part in the 2014 referendum, that is the Radical Independence Campaign. We dropped into one of their regular national forums to see what was going on and it turned out to have been a very interesting time to join their meeting because they were talking about some big topics such as the coronation, the Radical Independence Campaign are avowedly Republican, their future role as an organisation going forward and how to re-energise their branch structure. Pull up a chair, let's get radical! I think most people will be aware that uh, on May the 6th, which is the date of the coronation, there's a plan for a demonstration on Colton Hill in Edinburgh. Um, that demonstration is starting at about three o'clock and it's being organised by a group called Our Republic. Uh, now, Our Republic is quite a broad political group. They um, are not actually explicitly pro-independence. They include some people who are unionists, but their shared goal is that they're campaigning against the royal family. So the Radical Independence Campaign is supporting the demonstration. We'll have a speaker. We'll have to agree today who that speaker should be. And one of the things we're trying to inject into that is, you know, a a proper Scottish Democratic Republican politics. Uh, One of the ways in which we've done that is through the Declaration of Colton Hill, which Rick took the initiative to launch um, last month. And that's drawn support from people like Tommy Shepard, MP, poet George Gunn, who will be speaking at the rally, Iona Fife, the folk singer, a kind of a range of campaigners, all generally left, progressive and pro-independence. Almost 3,000 people have signed that now, which is a really impressive number that I don't think any of us expected to get uh, right away. And one of the um, positive things about that is, you know, we've now built this mailing list. So we've already sent out one appeal to those people to confirm that they're going to the demonstration. We've invited them to donate towards the costs of putting on the event because that was something that our Republic identified as quite a big challenge early on. They were being quoted, you know, £600 just for hiring a stage and getting a PA system set up. And they were saying, well, this is more money than we've actually got in the bank. And I think they were expecting it to find it quite difficult to raise that money. In the end, it turns out, found it really easy. They've raised, I think, over £1,200 specifically for this demonstration already. So, so far, it's poised to be quite a professionally organised event. There's going to be a proper stage, a proper sound system. They've already confirmed a few different speakers um, and hopefully by uh, the end of this weekend, we'll have confirmed some of the musical complement. There's a band from Edinburgh that I know that Alan put in contact with our Republic. I think that's going to go ahead. I've also been speaking to another folk band from central Scotland. I'm hopeful that we'll get them. Basically, the priority now is trying to build as big a possible attendance at that. I think people have raised concerns. I don't know what public transport will be like on May the 6th. You know, it's a big bank holiday weekend, plus and there might be different kind of arrangements in place. But hopefully we can get quite a lot of people there. And then I guess the question that we'll be talking about here is a little bit, how do we build beyond May the 6th? Um, but certainly that's kind of what the situation is like at the moment for, for May the 6th. I would encourage people, if you've not already signed the Declaration of Colton Hill, go to coltonhill.scot. You can sign it, you can share it with your friends. And yeah, that, that's basically the situation. Now, the, way, the way I've looked at it is, you know, there'll be more than one banner marches this year, but there's only going to be one demonstration against the coronation. So... Um, I think people have to make their own judgment as to which they would rather go to. And some people in Glasgow will probably find it easier to go to the All-in-One Banner March. But the more we can get in Edinburgh, I think the better. 
And that web address, again, if you'd like to sign the Declaration of Carlton Hill, is caltonhill.scot. If anybody's familiar with the 2004 Declaration of Carlton Hill, it starts off with the same sentence. We, the undersigned, declare our support for an independent Scottish Republic built on the inalienable principles of liberty, equality, diversity and solidarity. The original Declaration of Carlton Hill was on the 9th of October 2004 and it was at the same time as Queen Elizabeth II was officially opening the new Scottish Parliament building at Holyrood. So an interesting little echo there. The main topic of discussion at the meeting was one which I think quite a few groups are having at the moment. I've certainly sat in on a conversation that now Scotland were having on similar lines. What next? What now? What do we do now? Various organisations are perhaps revisiting their purpose and discussing what their role is going to be in what is now quite an uncertain period for the Yes Movement to be going into. So there's quite a lengthy discussion about that from the the group. I found this a very interesting discussion um, with lots of ideas coming out. The sound quality is a little bit variable because that's what you get when you record in a real world environment rather than a recording studio. Now, unfortunately, uh, one of the main speakers, Alan Armstrong, was just too far away from the mic for us to be able to pick him up. But he advocated a two-pronged approach, the first being to take part in whatever events uh, anybody's putting on that you can go along and show support. But the other was to delegitimise the symbols of the British state, such as the Privy Council, And he made the point that both Nicola Sturgeon and Alex Salmon were members of the Privy Council. And he thought that perhaps we could encourage Hamza Yousaf, a self-confessed Republican, not to be part of that institution. Because that has a secrecy about it where things that are discussed in that council cannot even be disclosed to Holyrood. He also suggested that we campaign against the visible signs of British presence in Scotland, such as the UK government hubs in Edinburgh and Glasgow. And then perhaps most imaginatively, he suggested that we should be refusing to recognise titles such as the Duke of Edinburgh. And apparently a motion is going to be raised in an Edinburgh council before the coronation, proposing that that title should not be recognised. Doubtful it won't get through, but it might make the headlines. So Interesting, very interesting approach. And here are some of the other suggestions. Why don't we sort of message every SNP parliamentarian and turn around and go, you're meant to be pro-independent, so why don't you go to Westminster and we're not going to attend anymore? We're suggesting we contact every SNP MP and encourage them to withdraw from Westminster. I should say, in response to that suggestion, I support it in principle, but I think We've got to get away from you know calling on the SNP to do things because I think the movement's kind of been frozen in this position for quite a few years where it's waiting for the SNP to do something and it's not going to happen. Um, and I think we have to try and focus on what are the things that we can do by ourselves that don't involve you know waiting for someone else to take action um, and how do we prioritise that. So instead of asking the SNP to do this or that, I think we've got to talk about what can we ourselves do just now. If that was to be the case, then. They shouldn't just withdraw, they should be putting an ultimatum on, on some issue. That it might well be around the, the whole um, trans bill or something, if they reject it again or something, then you know, so there's an issue around which they withdraw. 
the time that Blackford led them out, which was a bit of a, a, a pantomime, but it was quite popular. People sort of said, well, at least they're doing something down there. So maybe we're calling on to be more disruptive at Westminster, possibly, to make the cases rather than just their asses getting too comfortable with the seats down there, you know? Yeah. The, the point is, where does power lie, you know? So this is a, an issue that we've been wrestling for not this century, not even the 20th century, not even the 19th century. It goes back, way, way back. It goes back to, you know, Thomas Paine and, you know, the, the, the Republican opportunity that, you know, I think... I would, you know, perceive Rick as building up something which is manifestly more humane, more non-sectarian in the sense of I can understand why people are in the SNP, I can understand why people are in the Greens, I can understand why people are in the SSP, I can, to some, not less likely now with Labour with the Keir Starmer, but I can understand why people are really reach you know our own political parties but we also need to think about what we've got in common even if we are within political parties or in the case so so i like that idea of delegitimizing british institutions and i think that's that's something we, we, we need to have debate about you know i don't think we can go to this point just now because we've not really had a big debate and it's quite a complicated debate i like the idea of you know building support for the democratic revolution, which is ostensibly what socialism is and what, what republicanism is. So, uh, but I think part of that at the moment is that, you know, a lot of people maybe are within political parties or maybe there are not none, but there's a, maybe a space within Scotland that, you know, which people can go to where they, they feel that they have, they support yes, they support independence, but perhaps they see it from the opposite end of the telescope. Perhaps they see it from the British state side. That we support independence because we don't want to be within the British state. So maybe in many ways, just to conclude, I think that's why we're here today, aren't we? That we want to build structures where you know people can not only talk about things and debate things, but the worthy debate about uh, you know, uh, you know, abstentionism, but also think about ways that we can get practical support. You know, so I think we have an idea about our audience and the audience for that, and for the people who would be interested in that. You know, the sex and society that'd be interested in that. That's usually quite engaged. I think it'd be quite engaged people. It may be, it may turn some people who are in the SNP and, and Greens, you know, to get a bit more active and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering if we need something else that's much more. Welcome on the street uh, to a, a much wider, you know, to, the, to the public at large, and that, that some sort of immediate benefit, something that engages with it, whether it's cost or whatever it is, something that engages with your day to day lives. You know, because I think that is, I think it's very important. Thing. It's something we should be involved in the whole thing about the institutions. But uh, I think it's also maybe a wee bit uh, up there for some people that we could maybe be re engaging in, in, in community campaigns and, and things. You can do both, and you can merge up together. Sometimes Absolutely. we do one without the other. It can sometimes degenerate into always local, or I think you have to bring a, a higher understanding. And you say a lot yeah, absolutely. It has to be something though that's UK imposed the way like we Why don't we hold a conference and go, what next? What do we do now? We've now got an unwanted king. We don't support anything 
from Westminster at all. So what do we do now? It's all, what can, can we do to force the English government to give us another referendum? I was interested in listening to that comment about delinking the SNP for Westminster. I think there's dangers in that because they come out of Westminster that Labour and the Lib Dems and the Tory are going to say ah, that, you know, that we're leaving the door open for them. Really what we need to be concentrating on is getting the general population to understand state power, the British state, the British institutions and how they control your life. We in the RCF have been speaking about state power for years and years and years and still speaking to comrades that have been politically active, didn't really understand what's going on. The general public, a simple message, that's really what we need today. Like We really need to simplify our message and be better at explaining to people what we believe is empowering the state through the institutions of the monarchy. I find it frustrating that we're hearing discussions like this, you know, but necessary discussions like that. I really, I just see dangers. We, uh, I mean, for example, Hamza Yusuf, no doubt he'll be invited onto the Privy Council. We've got to challenge that. We've really got to say to him, oh, can stop this. Can concentrate on Holyrood. Westminster is important, but you're you're responsible for Holyrood, and you've got no place to join in a privy council. Alex Salmon went on it. Sturgeon went on it. We need to force Hamza to not to go on it. Is he a Republican? He shouldn't be on it. Thanks. Yeah, the idea of country is to have a conference. I think is an excellent idea. Whether we call on the SNP MPs to pull out is something I think would be far far wider discussion. Just my own thinking on this is that even Sinn Féin, when they did that in 1918, did it, having been elected on that basis. The SNP have not been elected on that basis. Now, I went to the Angus Main Centre, who was a very interesting discussion. What is the institution that we really want to put pressure on? There's obviously going to be a Westminster election, there's going to be a Hollywood election coming up. The first thing we learned about Westminster is that the, uh, the already the uh, franchise it eliminates 16 to 18 year olds. It eliminates people from the EU. And on top of that, they're now introducing youth tech, new measures. If you're poor, black, you don't get to. Somebody said actually 15% of people will not be able to vote in these next elections. So we don't even recognize the legitimacy of that. So if you like, in some ways, we recognize the SP that are there, they're in occupied territory. The people that we really want to focus on are the people in, in Hollywood, which was created by popular demand. And it's when those elections, so it might be a good bit, how do we get the people who stand to say, we're standing saying that uh, this will be the parliament after that. And our MPs down in London, they'll be walking walking away. There'll be a lot of problems there because a whole lot of those MPs are there. And the Peter Wishits of this world just to have a cosy time. Yeah, they won't easily do that. But, but having said that, these things need discussed. So I think a conference where these items are up is an, is an excellent idea. On the second point is, you know, what do the areas to try and be more popular? It's always been a thing in the Edinburgh to say, we are not going to create a front organisation. What we want to do is we will support whoever fighting. Living Rent came out of Edinburgh. Living Rent 
I was speaking to Ross McKenzie, who's the, 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 the councillor, who said, he says, the biggest pressure on me by far is living rent. In my constituency, they have 200 members. There's another one, they have 600. They're a force to be reckoned with. Now, we shouldn't count that force. So I said, we, when you organise a demonstration, Rick will be visibly there. Any other campaign, we will be there. The idea was to get people to say, well, who are the politically the people who support us most often? And we've got the banners. The, by the, you see that. So my thing would be you know, is let's not try to think of things. Let's see what's there. And they seem to be very active support. Really interesting contributions. Withdrawing um, SNP MPs from Westminster. Are we ten years too late? I think now more than ever we have so many opportunities. For, to do this and to be successful with it, especially with the, what's going on with the GRR bill. For a group like us, I think now is, is the time to pounce. But we've fallen a long way since 2014. I don't think that's a mystery to anyone. Um, the, the active working class within the independence movement has, in many ways, um, it's been put to rest, it's been laid down, everybody's become relaxed, and people have forgotten the energy that we had in the referendum and in the years that followed. And it doesn't really look like it's coming back, not by itself. And we can be part of it. In terms of getting the SNP to withdraw their MPs or in terms of um, putting up a strong opposition to the coronation and all these other things, for ourselves, the people who understand state power and the people who understand exactly how the system works and understand how it's affecting us, it's easy for us to see what to do. But I think for a lot of people who've been out of the game for quite a long time, who've been inactive, who've allowed to sort of, since 2014, they've fallen out of the political sphere. We need to think of a diversity of ways to get them back involved. Local campaigns are really good, and, and I think, Billy, I think you were really, really spot on on that one. And I, I remember there was, there was chat a while ago in Dundee about doing stuff around um, drug deaths. I think we should run a variety of different actions at once and diversify the tactic. I think in regards to living rent in Edinburgh, uh, that's a very strong point. Um, in Stirling, there are great opportunities for us. Um, I'm a member of the Scottish Socialist Youth not related to the SSP, long story we'll go into it. And we've got members from the SSP, we've also got yeah. members from SNP, Labour, excellent other groups. Um, and we have a group at the Stirling Uni and run a campaign on the buses, because I don't know if you've been on the McGill's buses. They do the, the minimum of what you would expect from anything in Britain, which is pretty bad. But we quickly, we quickly found out from doing that campaign, and we also had another campaign called Help Not Harm, which is to do with um, harm reduction for drug use. Um, you can't get anywhere without addressing the, the powers that are being held by Westminster. And even when there are changes that can be made within the Scottish Government, it's just such a minefield that the SNP won't touch it. I think there are things that we can address. The buses is definitely one thing. There's so many opportunities with the Transport Act and other stuff that we can really push on, on public ownership and things like that. And that is absolutely something that relates to independence. It's absolutely something that relates to communities and working people. And it's absolutely something that can get people into activism and allow them to start thinking beyond the local, start thinking beyond Stirling and Fourth Valley. And there's loads of evidence that, that when people get involved in the small-scale grassroots stuff, like Scottish independence, they can then start to imagine and start to participate in things which are so much broader. Um, I don't think it's any coincidence that following the independence referendum, there was, there was a big sort of um, uh, a boon to, to the internationalist movements in Scotland and attention towards Palestine and all these other things. 
I think the opportunities are there. Uh, I think we're in a good position. We just need to be pushing in every place that we can. And I think a conference could be a good way to start on that, as well as getting our local groups. Just a quick one on this conference thing. Certainly linking up the, 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 the democratic stroke, constitutional things with the economic things, you know, the, the, the cost of living crisis, so-called. Linking those two together is very important and, and, and trying to work out ways we link them by bringing together different strands of the conference would be useful. But also with the, the Republican thing, we need to develop and popularise the, the concept of Republicanism beyond it just being anti-monarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of, you know, the people Absolutely. are sovereign um, and, and giving it a specific Scottish angle there. And, and linking that to the economic issues is the key thing. But we really need to sit down and discuss this and think it and work it out. Any of the thoughts, contributions? I was at uh, an event a couple of weekends ago called Scotonomics, and one of the speakers there was from Clyde Cymru. And what Wales is doing without anything like the strength of the independence movement that we've got is really quite imaginative. And some of the examples they talked about, you know how our idea of a publicly owned energy company seems to fit the buffers? Wales are taking it on and they're using common wheels policy paper on how to do it. They're also setting up a publicly owned building company so you can have affordable homes built by companies that are owned by the people. They've set up a UBI pilot. The group they've chosen to pilot it with is Care Experienced Youngsters. What a great combination of things to put together. And the point that was being made at that event was that they're not moaning about, look what Westminster is doing to us now, look at all the terrible things. They're just pushing ahead with everything they possibly can. And although, obviously, Plaid's ultimate goal, as ours, is, is, is to be independent, they're still working with, OK, they've got Labour administrations, so they've only got the Tories chucking stones at them, whereas we've got everybody chucking stones at our government. <laughs> but they still appear to be making more progress than we're making in Scotland. And I think that either linking up with what they're doing or seeing can we get some of those ideas they're managing to do, if they can do them, why, why can we not do it? And if the, the blocker is you know, the Scottish government's reluctance to do these things, the idea that somebody else is doing it, you know, that might be a really good kind of way in. There's things we can be doing within our own powers right now. But you're right, we're always going to get to the point where something in the, the, the devolution settlements is like you can go this far and no further. But have we got that far yet? Yeah. And I would say we haven't. No, no, no. No. Sure. Thank you very much. And it does yeah. raise the issue of international levels. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, have been, we have been making advanced. We can develop that. I think that's, that's really mm-hmm. important. I very much agree with what you're saying, Richard, on the uh, republicanism stuff. But if we if we refine those ideas, I think the website would be a really good place to put that stuff. To put like uh, I don't know, you can make like short videos about what what would what is republicanism beyond. Um, I think digital resources really good for people who will stumble across us, and they will, um, especially if we're active locally and things like that. We should give people things to read up on and find out more. So quite a variety of ideas being expressed there. Uh, The ones I found the most interesting, I think, as a guest at Round the Table, was the whole idea of delegitimising British institutions, such as the Privy Council, the UK government hubs. Regular listeners to this podcast will know we have a YouTube channel called IndiePod Extra, and we have covered on that a recent demonstration by Pensioners for Indy at the government hub 
in Glasgow. And I know now Scotland have also targeted the one in Edinburgh and Yes for EU are also having lunchtime demonstrations outside the Edinburgh one. So these buildings are clearly being seen as a focus for anti-British establishment attention for those of us who reject the concept of a British institution. But interesting also to raise motions at councils and and such like, not to recognise titles such as the Duke of Edinburgh. I must say, this is one of the things I have found just so infuriating, listening to the titles being doled out to members of the royal family for places that they probably can't even spell. And whilst it may just be an honorary title, I don't know, maybe there's money goes with it as well, but certainly the idea that, that the country of Scotland, the nation of Scotland, just exists to be handed out, given away to members of the royal family of another country. I think that that is definitely a protest that I could get behind. The last section of the the meeting that we were at was to do with strengthening or renewing or revitalising the RIC organisation itself. There is certainly no doubt that it was a a huge influential force in the 2014 referendum. And my recollection of RIC was going into all the housing estates and the high-rises and people who perhaps had never voted before were encouraged to go and vote for that that one moment of hope that we had in 2014. It could well be that many of them have never voted again, or perhaps it it enthused an interest in politics that may be lifelong, who knows. But I think one of the points that came out in the discussion was that the UK government is imposing restrictions on who can vote in elections. What seems to be entirely spurious grounds, the Tory government at Westminster has introduced the requirement for voter ID. Now, this, on the basis of no evidence that there was any kind of issue with voter impersonation, I suppose is the crime they were thinking about, the the effect of this is going to be to reduce the number of people who are able to vote because either they haven't registered, they didn't know they could register, they'd like to vote but they don't have sufficient ID, and the groups who are least likely to have that kind of ID are the people who are the least likely also to vote Tory. So it's a piece of blatant vote rigging as far as I can see. The the comment that was made, we should refuse to recognise a government in Westminster that's elected under those conditions, hence the conversation about whether SNP MPs should refuse to serve there. And of course, that then leads on to the discussion about, but were they elected on that basis? So it's it's an interesting area, it's a complicated area, and I can see why they want a, a conference to think through some of these issues. So the final part of the meeting was about how to strengthen and renew the, the RIC organisation. So that kind of feeds into the idea of renewing RIC, what we can do both across Scotland but also what can we do in our local groups including developing them but also if you've got an active group what's the next area we can be helping to develop a group in that idea there's a term for it can't remember rhizomatic rhizomatic ways of holding them if you but sort of helping the people next door talk about renewing RIC developing local groups, that sort of thing. Question, but what's happening with uh, with Glasgow? I think that's a thing to ask just now. I think the answer is not a lot. <laughs> right, okay. We're going to take on the world and... It's not a bad meeting for the number, but it's still... Our, 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 we, have, we are few and they are many, but... Um, 
I just wonder, you know, sometimes that if the Glasgow thing that maybe folk are not at that stage of doing stuff, Glasgow's got a unique history with, you know, is there a way for people not to to shuttle in or whatever, but there's a, is there a way for for us to, what's your phrase, Bob? Rise Can we be rhizomatic with Glasgow? Mm. I mean, that's been my... My question, which I don't understand, but it sounds good. <laughs> we should be looking for people to do solid contacts. We have contacts in Glasgow, yeah. yeah. and it has periodically uh, there has been a Glasgow wreck, at least south, yeah, I can say at least it was Glasgow south side. Yeah. So perhaps we need to be talking to those people. Say, yeah. Can we help you Give me help. get something going? Politics in Glasgow have always been hyper sectarian. Just when you're talking about Glasgow, one of the most active groups I've seen in a long term is Parts of the People. The poll tax model is what they've been using, so organising in neighbourhoods and getting that collective to back each other up and taking on the electricity companies. Yeah. They're, they're not party political, and I don't even think they've got a view on independence, but they're active. And I, that's a very good point. It's a very good point about also using the devolution stuff, but never mind. Um, the... Power to the People's also, I think, relates to some of the members who are in uh, Socialists for, uh, for Independence. And, mm. we, you know, I think there's a, uh, um, a meeting next next Saturday, uh, you know, which I think a lot of people are cordially invited. Yeah. So there's a lot of good people there. Mm. You know, um, clearly that would be a group mm. that, you you know, that I think, you know, you're right, the Power to People mm. and Francis Coleman yeah. and stuff like that. They're, they're decent people yeah. and... Uh, I think they would, they would, they would, you know, be open and, yeah. and not necessarily having any, you know, kind of silly agendas. So mm. yeah, but yeah, I, I just make the point. Just we need to think about Glasgow. Well, that's my my key point there. It's, it's vital, isn't it? You know, mm. uh, even an Edinburgh boy, but it's vital. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to come briefly and say I think the issue in Glasgow is probably actually not dissimilar to the situation in a lot of parts of the country. I think the only two local RIC groups that we've got that have been consistently active are Edinburgh and Angus and Mayors. And you can see also there's a continuity there from it's people who were involved in 2014 who've kept the thing going. And the, the problem that we've had is actually set, setting up new groups and managing to sustain them. Um, even Dundee, you know, we, we were kind of had this kind of burst of activity around 2019, 2020. That's kind of died away again. And we've had this issue of what are we meant to be doing and I think that's actually a problem for a lot of people is that there's plenty of people in Scotland who are aware of it and would, be like, would like to be involved in it. But the thing is, firstly, there's so many things happening and people now, I feel like, are so stressed, pressed for time. And certainly that's my experience, people I know who are involved in politics. And it is, a, it is a drain. It is quite difficult sometimes to be involved in things. It can demand a lot of energy and time and money. Um, so we have to think about how we reduce all of those kind of costs and how we make it easier for people to get involved. One thing that I think we could do um, in the immediate terms is like if, if there's a handful of people in an area who might want to do something for it, they don't know what to do yet, maybe we should make some resources available like leaflets. So at the very least, we could have a pretext for let's get together in an afternoon in the city centre so we can leaflet a bit. And maybe that would lead them sitting down having a chat and they could talk about, for example, more local campaigns like Morgan suggested over things that are really relevant in their local community. But maybe we need to try and create some you know, resources that just help get people together in the first place. After we'd launched the Declaration of Cotton Hill, we got an email in from an SNP councillor in South Ayrshire saying that he wanted to help launch a group. But it's a question of what do we say to him? How does, how does he do that? Um, you know, John Dennis, who has unfortunately left the Zoom meeting, 
um, is setting up a new group in Dumfries. But again, how do we get a discussion going about what they can do to try and get active and draw people in? So I think a really useful thing to do in the immediate term would be to start producing resources that we can make available, like leaflets and different issues. Either we can have we can have some of them printed centrally and provided to local groups. We can also make PDFs available on the website. As Morgan mentioned, digital resources. People might actually just stumble upon that and read it and think this is great. But it's also about making them available to local groups to arrange to get printed so they've got something to do um, if they just need something to start organizing around. And as Morgan mentions and a few other people have mentioned, there, there is going to be a, a big political issue in the form of the gender recognition bill being challenged. Um, we should have, I think, a radical independence present on all the pride marches that are going to take place this summer. There is, again, you know, a lot of progressive-minded young people who haven't been involved in the independence campaign. And I think there is a perception in some sections of young people that the independence campaign is mostly older people now, which is such an inversion of what it was like 2014 where it was dominated by young people. And so let's take an opportunity actually to reach out to where young people are politically and say, actually, independence has got a great deal to do with what you already believe and want to do. So again, let's get leaflets ready so we can actually say to people, you know, if you're in Orkney and you're the only member of, you're the only Rick sympathiser in Orkney and there's an Orkney pride, here's a leaflet that you could go out and use and start to meet some more people. What's the next steps? We should have a specific meeting on that topic. We need to have a working group sometimes specifically about resources. A working group on resources. So anything else that anybody wants to... We need the conference to start putting together what the idea is, what people want to do, what the issues are, yeah. what our angle on it is. Working group on the conference, yeah? We want that. Can I suggest that we have the working group on resources imminently so we can get together for the May 6th demonstration? I think it would also be good if we had a resources section mm -hmm. in light of our recent discussion. Is there an agreement we add resources to that? And you could add in how to set up a new group as one of your resources. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What a great idea. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Thought, yeah. Thoughts on setting up a new group. That's a great idea. That was our experience visiting a RIC National Forum meeting. If you'd like to know more about RIC Radical Independence Campaign, have a look on their website, which is ric.scot. You can sign up for their mailing list to get more information. There is also a tab for local groups, so if you want to see if there are any groups active in your area, you can find that there as well. So thanks to RIC for welcoming us into their meeting, and thanks to everybody for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Bye now.